Two Big Ten losses in a row for the Gophers. They dropped to uh, Illinois 26-14 yesterday in Champaign-Urbana. And joining us now on the uh, John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline, Andy Greeter from the Pioneer Press who gover- covers Gopher football. Andy, thanks so much. First of all, get us up to date on uh, Tanner Morgan about the injury he sustained and uh, kind of what uh, what the outlook is for him as far as we know now. Yeah, so Tanner Morgan, uh, you know, uh, suffered an upper body injury in fourth quarter. He was scrambling and diving for a first down and uh, uh, had some issues, uh, and stayed down on the field for a couple of minutes, went into the injury tent, and a few minutes after that was carted off the field and taken to a local uh, medical center uh, in Champaign, uh, was assessed by doctors and medical staff there, uh, was cleared uh, to travel back with the team uh, yesterday afternoon and, and did so. Uh, so he's back in Minnesota. And, uh, you know, he was alert during uh, that hospital visit and uh, had his mom by his side, had his wife by his side. Mark Coyle, the Gophers AD, was there as well. Um, and uh, we'll have to wait and see what that means here going forward. Obviously, if you're if you're going to a hospital, that shows the severity of it or the, the need to take the precautions that they felt like they, they needed to do yesterday. So, you know, I, I wouldn't anticipate anything here today. I'm sure that'll be a, right. a primary topic as P.J. Fleck has his news conference tomorrow morning. Andy, um, prayers go out for Tanner and obviously his family, and that, that's always a scary situation. There's no doubt about it. Um, right. Getting back to the football side of things, though. So we were talking about this, Adam and I, and we had a couple of segments talking about go for football and what, what we see and what we see as a little bit different. And I, I'm curious what, what you've heard or why is it that the Gophers' identity of, of running the football 48 times against Michigan State and over 50 times per game, it seemed like, in the previous few games, why did we get away from that? What, has, has the coaching staff given a, any kind of indication of why we've basically given up on the run despite the fact that we are a, a, such a successful running team? Yeah, I think, you know, when you look at, at the game, um, that's a good question because Mo was having a lot of success. I think mm-hmm. at times you had to, had to kind of chase the game, right? I think you're trying to make a comeback, right? I mean, after they have the – Big kickoff return to score touchdown. Illinois goes back down the field and scores right away to, to take the lead, and the Gophers don't score again. So they're kind of chasing the game and, and felt the need to, to throw the ball more, um, a little bit more. I think what more so is the problem is they just have not been able to pass the ball with any success these last couple of games. It's been very, very difficult for them um, to, to really throw the ball uh, with any sort of real uh, success, and I think that's that's probably the bigger issue here. Is they obviously miss Chris Oppenman Bell, Revan Spanford has had uh, had a couple nice catches yesterday. Was the primary target, but when you're throwing for only 37 yards, as you're trying to make a comeback, it's really really challenging to do so. Obviously, you know I think when you look at at some of the other wide receivers, Daniel Jackson had a two touchdown game uh, at Michigan State. He had a, his first hundred yard game against Purdue you know most of that was on one big play um, other than that they they've really struggled uh, in the Purdue game as well I just think mm-hmm. you really miss Chris Ottman Bell Dalen Wright has been completely non-existent he hasn't had a catch in the last two games Mike Brown Stevens doesn't high point that pass from Tanner Morgan early in the in the first quarter there and, and it's a turnover and and also just 
it's it was kind of a total system failure to borrow mm-hmm. the, the poll ad phrase about the twins a couple of years ago because <laughs> Tanner Morgan had a lot of pressure in his face. He was hit. He mm-hmm. had to scramble. He had to. He got sacked. You know, I think Illinois has a massive defensive line, and Kirk Sharaka talked about how they're not only big uh, and powerful, but they also have quickness. And you saw Ryan Walters, who's really a rising star as a coordinator, and is probably going to get looks as a head coach here, given the success that he's had with the Illini defense, really bring a lot of pressure. And I think you saw Minnesota struggle with that. I think it's always kind of been underneath the surface of what is this offensive line going to be. And they were good to start, and then you started to see cracks, and now you're starting to see it fall apart. And I think that's been a problem for this for this offense. It's it's not only the wide receivers, it's it's the, the offensive line, and, and Tanner didn't have a, a great day, and Ethan was trying desperately to try to stage a comeback and threw a couple of picks, and, and it was over yesterday. Andy Grader uh, covers the Gophers for the Pioneer Press. He is on the John Schuster Cobalt Banker hotline. Andy, you pointed it out in your column here. You know, the Gophers come in defensively is number one in yards allowed coming into the game. Yeah. Is it as simple as they were just on the field too long, or is that an excuse? Uh, I mean, that's part of it. They didn't do themselves any favors in getting off the field, right? I think uh, Illinois was four for four on fourth down conversion. And some of those were fourth and one, but others were fourth and five, fourth and six. They, you know, pushed Illinois behind the sticks a couple of times. There were, it was a first and 20. There was a second and long. And they were just able to, to slowly manufacture drives. And to Illinois' credit, I think they had four scoring drives of over 14 plays. So the Gophers made them earn it, but Illinois was, was methodical in the way that they were able to do it. And the big difference was, you know, Chase Brown is, is a really good running back. And I think you saw him make Gophers miss and break tackles. And then you also saw Isaiah Williams, the number one wide receiver, make plays. The Illini had five, excuse me, they had four wide receivers or four pass catchers over 50 yards. And the Gophers had one at 30 yards. And that just showed you that, that they were able to make plays on the perimeter and the Gophers weren't. And I really think that was really the, the deciding factor in the game is, is we both knew that or we, we knew that both teams had quality running backs and, and, and top-notch defenses and, and those things kind of bared out. But it was really what the Illini was able to do with, with Tommy DeVito coming back from an ankle injury. That was some news before the game. He was obviously a difference maker. He, he didn't look like he was limited at all with that ankle injury. He created out of the pocket. They got him out of the pocket and some boots and some sprint outs. And, and they just uh, they just had a great game plan and executed it. And, and again, like the Purdue game, the Gophers get behind and they're always kind of chasing and the mistakes kind of add up. And that's what happens, another loss. You know, Andy, and the crazy part to me is, like you just said, they, they start chasing. And, and I don't think we were in a position that we had to start the chasing. I didn't understand why we get away from who we are um, to change so rapidly and when we don't really need to, whether it's in the Purdue game when we're, we're making decisions to go on fourth and one or it's, it's this past game. And, and Illinois, let's be honest, they dominated the game in just about every single category. They had 470 yards on us. It was it was really an amazing thing to watch how that offense looked probably the best they've looked all year um, against the Gopher defense that, you know, most of us probably thought was pretty great. If we look ahead, though, to Penn State, now I referred to them earlier as a poser, and and I'll tell you why I said that. (laughs) I know that sounds aggressive, but they slipped by a Purdue, right, early. And and I think that they're, they're, you know, that was – but they played a good game. Um, So I'll give them that, and it was on the road. 
Auburn is not Auburn of old. So that is not the same win that we normally would see and say, wow, that was really exciting. And then they beat Central Michigan. They beat Northwestern sure. barely. And then uh, Michigan puts yeah. four, 560 yards on them, 400 rushing. We were talking about that earlier. Right. If the Gophers can stick to the running game, shouldn't we have an opportunity for some pretty good success at Penn State, do you think? Yeah, I would think it's going to be a close game. I think it's it's uh, it's going to be right there. I don't look at like you said. I don't think that that Penn State was really uh, a top ten team. I think they they benefited from an early season ranking and and put together wins. And with attrition of other teams losing, they started to to climb the poles. And and I think you saw them come back down to earth a little bit. I think you might have also seen Michigan kind of exert itself as as maybe it's not just Ohio State in the Big Ten. And mm-hmm. Michigan might have something to, to say about that, again, for a second straight year. So I think Michigan also uh, really showed themselves to, to be a top team. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I really wonder what it's going to take for this team to get over the hump because it's going to be an even more challenging environment. It's going to be 107 or whatever thousand people for a whiteout in prime time on national TV. And this team is reeling. This team had the goal to start the year of, of winning the Big Ten West. And now they're staring at two straight losses to Big Ten West opponents. They are down in the standings. They don't have the tiebreakers against those teams. And does this team have the resolve to, to be able to bounce back and, and play at a high level? I think you can look to last year and say, yeah, they lost to Bowling Green. And that was the worst loss of P.J. Flex tenure without a doubt. And they came back and, and won four straight. And I think they're going to need to find something deep inside themselves to to really turn this thing around. When you talk about posers, I think you could say that about the Gophers as well, yeah. because yeah. <laughs> Pro Football Focus had had, the, had they ranked all of the the schedules coming into this week, and and the Gophers were 131 out of 131, um, mm-hmm. given where their schedule was. So. It's, uh, I think there was a little bit of fool's gold. Fool's gold. We looked mm-hmm. at, at this team a little bit, just given who they'd played coming into this. Andy, if um, if Tanner Morgan can't go next week, is it Ethan again, or what's yeah. uh, where's Cole Kramer at? Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's a good question. You know, Ethan came in uh, after Tanner went out yesterday, and he's really looked at as the as the long term heir apparent. He's a four star recruit in his second year he's got a big arm he really dazzled at, at times during fall camp um but pj mentioned after the game that cole kramer had a minor injury that kept him limited in practice during the week so that kind of adds some nuance to the decision i'd imagine that it is ethan um i think that if tanner can't go and we'll find that out or maybe find that out you know pj is so uh reluctant uh, to share really anything if it's not a season-ending injury about how a guy is doing. So it, that might be something that lingers all the way up into Saturday. We'll have to have to wait and see about that. But, yeah, I do think it would be Ethan. Um, obviously, it was a high-pressure situation in the fourth quarter to have to come in there and try to convert on, on fourth and one in his home state in front of 45,000 people, uh, you know, being unprepared for, for that spotlight for that time and, and I think he was a little, uh, you know, frazzled. I think he was a little uh, rushed in, in what he was doing uh, to try to make that comeback. But they really like his makeup. They like the future with him. And if he's able to go, I think they'll 
know, get him in a spot where he's 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 poised and ready to go, and he he needs to face some face some live bullets. Uh, you know, he, he got that on Saturday, but in a in a more advantageous situation where you, if he is the guy, he knows that, and he can he can build around a game plan uh, to be ready. And Andy, did you have a, get a chance? And I know we're pushing it up against the time frame, but uh, did you get a chance to watch any of that Nebraska Purdue game? Because it seems like Nebraska maybe has turned a little bit of a corner. I'm not saying that they've suddenly become Nebraska of old. They still have no defense, and I don't know when they'll ever have the black shirts back again. Yeah. But but they they seem like they're a, a team that's actually a little bit better offensively. The quarterback's doing a great job, and they gave went down to the wire with Purdue. Do you think that that's going to be a pretty big challenge for the Gophers on the road? Yeah, I do think they've got a little bit more of, a, of an identity and a purpose uh, under Mickey than they did under Scott, and I think that you're you're seeing that they've been in they've been in games they've won a couple of games, um, and uh, yeah, I don't think it when you when you saw them lose to Northwestern and and you know struggle uh, later on against the non conference opponents and, and Scott loses his job you kind of chalk it up to okay this is this is going to be an easy win but I think you're really seeing a resurgence. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a challenging game. Again, that one's on the road as well, I think, at the beginning of November for the Gophers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's no longer looked at as, okay, this is going to be a, a cupcake, a team in transition, a team that's down, that just fired its coach, has an interim. It was kind of a mess in September. I think they've they've shored some things up and, and uh, will be a, a more of a challenge uh, than previously thought. Andy, you've got about a minute left. I just wanted to ask you because you also cover uh, the Loons and they uh, kick off the MLS playoffs tomorrow night uh, in Dallas. How hopeful are we for uh, for the Loons uh, in the playoffs here? Yeah, you know, they'll be the underdog. You know, they're the six seed. Dallas is the three seed. Um, you know, Minnesota went to Dallas in, in May and pulled out a two-to-one win. Uh, Dallas was really good at home this year, and Minnesota went in there and won earlier this season. So they, they've been pointing to that as, as reasons that they're confident that they can go in and do it again. Uh, but Dallas came here uh, in September and, and won three to zero. Um, and Dallas has a, has a really good defense. One of the best in MLS. They've been really good at home outside of a few losses. I mentioned the Minnesota one. They've got one of the best goal scorers uh, in the U S and Jesus Ferreira. He's going to play in the world cup for the U S men's national team. He's got 18 goals. He scored in September Against Minnesota, if you're able to take him out of the game, that gives Minnesota a much better chance to to pull off a road upset, and uh, it'll be fun to to see if they're able to do so at 8:30 tomorrow night in in Frisco, Texas. Thanks, Andy. We uh, love chatting with you. Appreciate the time today. Thank you, Andy. Yeah, take care, guys. That's yep, Andy. Take care. Andy Greeter from the uh, Pioneer Press. 10:49. Uh, more next, including chaos in Knoxville last night. <laughs> Let's talk about that after the break. <laughs> 